podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? Go, 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 go. Welcome to the Movie, movie, podcast, episode number 27. I'll be your host, Tiggs, and with me, as always, are Russ. Baby, I'm here. <laughs> Peter. Peter's here. Almost forgot your name, and Alex. Alex is here. And this is a special podcast. We're just going to be talking about one movie this week. One big release that came out. Uh, well, I mean, sort of big. Maybe you heard of it. Uh, this is The Hobbit. Uh, Peter Jackson's follow-up to the books that followed up The Hobbit. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, there and back again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> un- oh, Unexpected Journey. Unexpected Journey. No, The Lovely Bones. The Lovely Bones. Uh, all right. Um, so let's just get right into this, guys, and let's get the rust down for The Hobbit. Okay. Um, The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey, obviously directed by Peter Jackson. 169 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) A younger and more reluctant Hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, sets out on an unexpected journey to the Lonely Mountain. With a spirited group of dwarves to reclaim their stolen mountain home from a dragon named Smog. Yeah, yeah, that sums it up. Pretty much, yeah. All right, so that was pretty good. What do you guys think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so here's here's the thing. I, I I know pretty much everyone has seen the Lord of the Rings films for the most part. Um, yeah. And you know they kind of split people. Some people think they're entirely too long, but think there's some really cool stuff. Some people think they're really great and fantastic. Yeah. Um, Those are the categories. Sure. That's it. You can't be anywhere else. And some people just hate them because they're super boring. Yeah. 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 But I think we can all agree that they, they definitely have a, a, a certain defined common tone throughout the three films. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, just before we get any further, what does everyone think of the trilogy here? I think the first one is awesome. The second one is shit. And the third one's pretty great. Uh, I think uh, that oh, of Lord of the Rings, yeah, <laughs> uh, the original trilogy. I um, I enjoyed them. Okay, I've never. I've only seen the Two Towers once, though, so I don't think I have a really good opinion of it. Okay, Two Two Towers has the worst pacing of all three films. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, I've seen each of the other ones like numerous times. I've only seen Two Towers once, so maybe that has something to do with it. Alex, yeah, I I, I like them. Yeah. Um, I like uh. Hobbit is actually the only thing of Tolkien's I read as a child. Okay. Uh, so I kind of went into the, you know, the Lord of the Rings stuff, just kind of knowing peripherally about it. Okay, cool. And takes. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, no, no, I really like the original trilogy. Uh, I, I think it's probably in uh, descending order. So Return of the King, I like the most, and then Two Towers, and then Fellowship. But uh, well, that's just a stupid opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah. but <laughs> all friends, all friends here. All guys. friends here. Oh, okay. So where was I? Um, I don't know. So you're talking about they, the Hobbit. They have like they have like a real defined tone between the three of them because you know really they should they're technically all one book and they should really be all one movie. Yeah. But the Hobbit is completely different. As Alex said, he read it in his youth, and it's usually a book that people much younger read. Yeah. It's much lighter. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it it reads as a fantasy. It reads as Bilbo Baggins is going on an adventure. Yep. Um, and, and there's a lot more, there's more jokes in text. Like, granted, Peter Jackson added a lot of jokes into the Lord of the Rings films, but there's really none of that in the books. 
Well, he it, the interesting thing is that he took a lot of yeah, a lot of the stuff from narration and put it into the actual dialogue, well, you know, those kind of jokes. I mean, when you're, when yeah. you're saying there's no joke, yeah, I mean, you're not talking about The Hobbit, though, right? Because there were jokes in The Hobbit. No, no, I'm saying in, yeah. in, in, in the... In the other three. Oh, in the other three. Okay, okay. He really doesn't write out jokes. Yeah. In The Hobbit, he does. It's, it's more lighthearted and it's more fun. Well, and I don't know why I... Well, they took out Gimli's stand-up routine, which uh, was one of my favorite <laughs> parts. Yeah, I know. So, so I don't know why I didn't really realize that Peter Jackson... Because he was like in you know, in many ways so faithful to the other three books that he wasn't going to be faithful for, to this one, because he really doesn't make a Lord of the Rings movie at all. Well, no, but I think this movie, I think when you like look at it, you have to also see how they had a pretty crazy production for everything, like having Guillermo del Toro, you know, come on, leave, and then Peter Jackson kind of reluctantly, almost, you know, come back because you know, obviously, he wanted to make sure they're done right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, from going from Guillermo saying, "We'll only ever have there should only be one Hobbit movie," to you know there being a, a, like a bridge movie that they were just going to make up stuff, right? Uh, well, to, they're, they're, it's not really made up, but they're expanding on stuff in the second and third one. No, no, no. But what, back when three years ago, when they were going to have the bridge movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. When it was going to be Hobbit one film and then a bridge film. Yeah. So I mean, there's they've gone through a lot of you know, a lot of stuff with this. And I feel like I'm actually kind of impressed how fast this movie came together to actually become three movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, you know, but for the length of it, I really didn't feel like it, it, it was, no. like, it felt long. Like I, it no, really that, kind that, of flew by for me. That's actually not a total, a total knock against it. And I do have to say that like, because it, it is in, in the, you know, we haven't even gotten there yet, but it being in the 48 frames per second, I did almost feel like I was going to be seeing the next Hobbit movie in a week. Like, I felt like I was, because it had, like, a more TV-ish vibe to it. Oh, right, right, right. I felt like I was almost like, oh, well, uh, you know, we'll all get together and watch Hobbit 2. See, yeah. oddly enough, I heard enough about the 48 frames per second shit that I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to see it normally. So I saw it in LFR 2D. Nice. Um, and like it, it felt it felt like totally normal and fine to me. And it's, in terms of pacing, really, it was like the first like 35 minutes for me that were just like, come on. But once it got up and running, like it it, oh. seemed, it was like a light. Yeah. Like yeah, and I think the last hour has got great action and everything, and yeah. I think it, it it definitely builds to a pretty good point that you know you can kind of call if you have any idea about the the book or anything you can call the ending like a long ways away, like the last shot of it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, granted, granted, they they do it add a lot time. of stuff um, to make it more of a, more of a, like a big story ending with like this like new pale evil orc character. Yeah, and God, the entire time we were watching it, you you kept ruining the movie for me by making scary movie two references. <laughs> so this evil orc loses a hand, and he's got this like tiny little metal hand attached. And I just go to Alex and go, "Take my hand. <laughs> that is my good hand." <laughs> so yeah, th- there's you know there's like the uh, the main nepsis, and then the the necromancer. They they talk about the necromancer a little bit. In this one, right? Uh, where yeah, that's like, yeah, double the big part that's that's all added in. The necromancer is barely mentioned 
in the first chapter, or maybe the first or second chapter of The Hobbit. Right, but they're and just that, seeding because... Not fellowship. I mean, I mean, the necromancer is kind of a big deal. Oh, to, to to the story as a whole, it's a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, so that I mean, that's obviously kind of a bit of their bridge point. It looks like like this is the thing that's going to connect everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's you know well done. Granted, yeah. you know, they changed some of the story around for it, but other than that, I, I think one of the biggest problems with pacing is the beginning, as everyone said, because I think maybe it's just the high frame rate, but I thought the the like prologue was awful. With the whole thing where with Elijah Wood? No, no. Oh. Before no, that, not talking about Erebor. Oh, see, I I kind of actually enjoyed that. I, the, none of the forty eight frames per second stuff uh, got to me at all. I thought I thought it was fine. I didn't think it added anything, but I definitely I wasn't like affected by it. But like, I just I once the whole Elijah Wood sequence started, I was just like so bored out of my fucking mind watching that happen. Well, I mean, luckily, I mean that's not that's such a small part of it. I know. Uh, in the grand yeah, scheme, yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme. You have a three-hour movie ahead of you. Like, you don't want to be bogged down at the beginning. It's like, come on, let's get this show exactly. on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there was just a lot of winks and nods to Fellowship that were almost better off if we saw that at the end. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean so one of the big parts for me that, that was ki- kind of enhanced the tone of what we were saying before with it being more lighthearted was that but kind of ruined it for me in a way is that what I love so much about the other three films is that all this, like every single set was so lifelike because they built a lot of it. Right. I yeah. mean, uh, Edoras, they built most of that. They built Hobbiton. They built some sets for Minas, Ter- Minas Tirith, but you know, it's much bigger, blah, blah, blah. But in this one, it feels like everywhere they were seems so fake. Uh, th- th- that is something that did kind of, bug me a little bit more with this one and maybe I need to go back and see the other ones uh, just to get a, a better feel for them but it did seem like the CGI was a little too like there wasn't enough practical um, yeah. you I, go I into a between practical and CGI it seemed like the balance was a little too much in CGI favor yeah, and you go into a weird, almost like uncanny valley type stuff with a lot of the, uh, you know, the Goblin King type thing where like they look like they could have been, you know, a person. Because I think Pete, you mentioned that they're actually, you know, is it is it guys that in makeup that were CGI'd over? I have no idea because I mean, some most of the goblins like the way their like their facial structure works when they talk has to be motion capture for being almost so yeah. on. But I'm not sure how they did it, which is, I mean, which my biggest problem is, like, all the orcs, all the orcs, um, except for giant crowd scenes, were people in makeup, and I don't think there was a single goblin or orc that was just someone in makeup in this movie. Yeah, and and the juxtaposition between next, like, the 13 dwarves that are all, like, practical makeups, and then all these, like, computer guys, you know, kind of give it a weird feel. I didn't. Yeah, I, me, I honestly didn't feel. I mean, like I noticed it a little bit, but I didn't o- notice it enough for it to be like jarring. I don't. I guess I'm. That might be just weird for me because it's it's really the thing I love most about the other ones. Having read the books, being like, wow, right. wow, it looks like every every little place that I read about is real. Right. But because I mean, when when all <laughs> this dwarves, all happened, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, when when all the dwarves and Gandalf are running through uh, the goblin town, yeah. Um, it, it was for me because it was so much digital. It felt like that scene when Padme Amidala is like ducking under the gears and stuff in uh, Attack of the Clones. 
That's yeah. harsh. Yeah, that is harsh, isn't that's, it? Yeah, that's pretty harsh. I, I, yeah, I, I agree, but at the same time, that with that scene, like it, it kind of felt like it was sort of taking you on a little bit of a ride. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, for, for, It's weird to say it complements the tone a lot more, but it almost still... It's, it's weird that, like, yes, it works for this movie, but it's, it's weird for me to see it. I don't know. Well, I, mean, I, I think for, like, if... If I have to, like, make a general critique of all of these movies, it's just, like... Or it's really more of a question. Why the fuck didn't they just make this first? Um. Uh, well. <laughs> that's... Like, I, I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I really don't know Peter Jackson's um, thought process. Because I could have, like, grown with the story and, like... Imagine being ten and seeing that... Or, or being, like, eight or nine at ten years old seeing this first Hobbit ten years ago. And then, and then he, growing up and then having Lord of the Rings. But honestly, I'm pretty sure I remember asking myself this when Lord of the Rings was coming out. I was just like, I mean, I really want to see these, but why isn't The Hobbit out? And, like, uh, uh, I'm happy to finally get it, but... And yeah. it's like, first one of these movies all make $300 million, you have to make more. And the only thing you have left is an original story, which is more well-known, in my opinion, at least it, that, to me, yeah. than, than the movies you made. Yeah, I just... Yeah. I think it's Definitely. easier to sell. I think it's easier to, strangely easier to sell um, three heavily actioned, serious tone films that will cost a lot of money but be cheaper because you can film them all back to back to back, than it is to make one film that would have to be rushed <clears throat> and like lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's almost like you could bring a lot of people to Lord of the Rings, you know, ten years ago. And they probably would have had an all right time with it. Uh, I mean, like, and, and I don't know. Like, I I feel like the Hobbit, like, it almost seems like it's nerdier in a way. It is. Yeah, the, the yeah. Hobbit is much nerdier because the Lord of the Rings is like an epic, is like the epic tale, and the Hobbit is just like you know the the kind of the it's goofy. like a shark's tale. Yeah, exactly. It's epic, <laughs> like a shark's tale. And My then, test for like uh, for these um, movies is like. Ask anybody who like just kind of likes these movies but didn't necessarily read the books to name the characters of the Lord of the Rings. It's easy, yeah. no problem. Like there's there's like defined characters that you kind of know that oh that's the dude with the sword, that's the dude with the bow and arrow. This one is like I don't know, it's like fifty fucking dwarves with dumb names. I, I don't. Know. There's thirteen of them. Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like and who gives? <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's yeah. I mean, there was a much smaller knit team. Uh, that you were kind of like, going with. I don't give a god. I don't give one fuck about any of these people. At least, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying me, but I'm saying I can get how people like this is such a like small little nerdy story, and the Lord <laughs> of the Rings yeah. is like an epic, far-reaching, yeah, universal like, because... compared to Star Wars. Sort yeah. of. And as well with that is that there's humans in the Lord of the Rings trilogy much earlier on than there are humans in the Hobbit. Yep. Yep, that's like we don't we don't really don't get to the men of the dale until the very end, like when they get to Lake Town, and that's not going to be till later on, I guess, in the second film. Yeah. So I guess that's an easier selling point that it's like, oh, this isn't just a, a like an hour and a half of hobbits and dwarves. I, I, so I, I mean, it just it just seems it's just really annoying because I really I can imagine like like kind of like Toy Story, how you grew up with Toy Story. I can oh, imagine, yeah. like, no, I a, a, kind of grow up with these movies and then, like, Return of the King rolls around when you're, like, 23 years old or something, and that's awesome. 
Well, I mean, that's the same thing with like what happened with with, with, with us and Star Wars. Star Wars, because like you watch you watch this rebellion, and it's really cool when you were younger because it was pretty serious. And now you're gonna now you're gonna see three movies about like a fall from grace of a character, yeah, and like the ruining of a galaxy in a way, and it turned out to be a fart joke. Yeah, I mean, but it was a well earned fart joke. Yeah, to no. be, you know, <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> Oh, you are a big well, boy. <laughs> all right, we're we're kind of let, let's. Well, what about the acting in the movie? The characters, Martin Freeman, Thorne. Well, I don't. It's it's tough to talk about the acting without saying at first that there's a lot of people in this movie who are not going to be alive for a long time. Well, also, there's a lot of characters that you don't necessarily get to spend a lot of time with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah. I think that that's obviously that makes sense. Like they had to differentiate. The dwarves, they had to, you know, give you some and give them moments so you'd actually, you know, try to care about them. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, some, there's some that don't have any moments. And, I mean, I can name all 13 dwarves because I've read the book, like, six times. We, we know. But if you, like, laid out times. pictures of them, I'm not sure if I could, na- I could match the name to the most of the pictures. Well, That's- yeah, because they, they did change some of the, the backstories of them around a little bit. Or like yeah. rather the appearance to match that, yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, Martin Freeman, I think, is always pretty awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I think like, but I mean, also again, I'm someone that's seen, you know, we all are probably uh, that's like seen a lot of the stuff he's been in. So you kind of like go into it being like, I'm gonna watch Martin Freeman as Bilbo. So he's kind of gonna have a little bit like, shades of himself almost in it. He he does, but. I also feel like he has shades of um, Ian Holm as well. Yeah. In, in like, his interpretation. So I kind of like that because, like, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I kind of expected, oh, you're going to be Watson, uh, but here. Yeah. And yeah. He, he is a little bit, but he's also, like, I think takes a little bit of those cues that Ian Holm has sort of built up as old Bilbo. And, and I, I think he's fantastic. I yeah, he's, he's definitely charming. You know? Like, he's someone that, you know, you know again, not since... Hitchhiker's Guide, has he been, like, you know, headlining a movie in the States, right? No. Yeah, I think... And that movie bombed. Yeah, yeah real bad. Yeah, it, uh, I loved it. It awesome. I liked it. I liked it. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so I think it's just, it's good to see him, like, getting another shot here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought he was great. I mean, the Gollum stuff is is still just really... It's still really good, yeah. The, I mean, the one thing I've really heard about the production, I tried to stay away from a lot of the production diaries because I wanted to just be fresh with this one. Because <laughs> you've easily, read the book. Easily you could have, I mean, yeah, other, but I mean, why be fresh with the look of it and everything? Yeah. You could have known a million things about every single scene in this movie if you really followed along on the internet with it. But one thing that Andrew Dunn told me that I thought was really interesting is that the hey, that Andrew. whole riddle hey, sequence, whenever they filmed it, no matter from what angle, they did the entire scene from beginning to end. Oh, really? Wow. So they took, oh, it's, it's 12 minutes and something seconds, and they always acted out the entire thing. They wanted to have a a great pace, a great flow. Oh, did they do a whole week of just that scene? I'm, I'm not sure Probably. how long. I mean, yeah. that, but that was, a, that was a really great scene. Yeah. It was, and like, I mean, what's his face? I can't Andy think of his Circus. name right now. Yeah, Andy Serkis. Like, uh, you can really see... More of his face, yeah, uh, in Gollum this time around, which I think is really impressive. Like you can really see 
like him, Andy Serkis, emoting. And I yeah. think that's a real testament to the sort of no, character. I mean, if, you, if you ever, I mean, in this you can really see it, but if you ever really want to be blown away by what exactly that man does for a film, watch the behind-the-scenes stuff for Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's not talking and he's not... He's not really that well. I mean, granted, it's he's uh, uh, an ape, but what what he does, like, and how he actually acts in that movie is incredible. Of what the scenes were, like, I I think there was one online about you know, like when they drop him off at Brian Cox's place, yeah, and he, like runs to the window and he's like banging on the window for like to like take him with them. Yeah, it's it's inc- it's really amazing what he does does and like. How emotional like is really translated to the monkey? Because they have he has such a high degree of physicalization in, in in any of these roles. So to not only pull off the physical element, but also um actually emote, yeah. yeah. Very few people can do that. Like he's like in that weird Doug Jones category of people <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely act. Well, yeah, Doug, yeah, Doug Jones' movements are great, but he's never. I don't think he's really ever gave like a great. Emotional performance, or really even had the um, chance capabilities. To. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Andy Circus also. Uh, I mean, like technological uh, capabilities. Yeah. yeah, and and Andy Circus, of course, also second unit directing uh, a bunch of stuff too. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really cool. Which is weird because for the first for the for the other three, Peter Jackson really didn't have any second unit directors. He he sat with like screens connected to every other thing going on. Yeah. Um, so Ian McKellen. Good. Getting, getting a little old, getting a yeah. little, and it's a little, it, 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 it will come through at points where I'm like, oh man, dude, you're, I'm like, I've been thinking it for the last few months. I'm like, we're going to lose you soon. Like, yeah. Oh, I hope get these well, X-Men movies out. I mean, same yeah. thing with Christopher Lee, like when he was oh. on screen, like, and just like knowing the background, like they had to go to like to England to like film stuff with him yeah. because he couldn't. They did, all, they did all of Saruman's scenes first. Yeah. Like that's that knowledge was scary. Like, Christopher Lee. I'm like, you're, you're so old. But he's an awesome Saruman. He is yeah. an awesome Saruman. Yeah. Oh, and you know, back to Ian McKellen, he, he, absolutely devours his role and always has and it's impossible to think of Gandalf even reading it at, at any time he 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 absolutely I, I just encompassed every single little part of that character yep the way he talked I, I really like Gandalf the Grey um I don't know it's always been a, a character I sort of really got into but I also really liked uh, Radagast Oh yeah, no, he was fun. Um, who played him again? I can't remember that guy's name, and I have uh, IMDb open, so I will check in a second. But uh, all those bunnies, yeah, oh, man. man, that was great. Uh, Sylvester McCoy. I wanted okay. all of his animals. Oh, and I believe he was actually um, one of the. I think because he might have been one of the few castings to hold over from uh, Guillermo. Oh, really? There was some. I think there was like one or two people that actually like held over from that. Oh, okay, I, that's cool. Yeah, I did a little bit of reading earlier. <laughs> well done, Alex. Yep. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> uh, but I mean, everyone else. Like, I mean, uh, Thorin also. Uh, Richard Armitage. Armitage, yeah. Uh, I thought he Armitage. was good. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, I. 
Um, he, I mean, like, he had, like, a pretty kind of difficult role, I guess, in this one. Uh, just because he's just, like, the asshole every time. And then finally, you know, there is a redemption or whatever. But it, it's, I mean, yeah, it's kind of tough, to, I think, to just, like, to be that character. And I think that he did it really well. And, like, uh, just enough to stick along with him the entire time. Yeah, and, uh, well, Pete, uh, any of the, the dwarves that stuck out to you? I think he just... He just dropped. Oh. Or no, Pete it went idle. <laughs> he can't be bothered with this call right now. He's like, I love The Hobbit. Fuck these guys. This is, yeah, I didn't know he felt so strongly about it. I love The Hobbit too much to talk about it. <laughs> J.R.R., I'm coming to meet you. <laughs> we'll be together. So now that we're a three-man troop, uh, we should. I'll open another beer. There you go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pour myself another drink in a second. Um, I mean, yeah. So, so all of the dwarves are really great. I don't know. I I, I kind of enjoyed. I, I enjoyed like all the environments and everything too. Like I know yeah. there was definitely a lot more CGI uh, than there was with Lord of the Rings, but I still really yeah. enjoyed everything. I still think the set pieces were, were really good. Yeah. Um, like, when they were on the the mountains that were, like, the, the mountain stone giants. Yeah. Oh, th- that was really good. I really I thought it was that. really impressive. Uh, just, like, everything going on in the environment. Just, like, I mean, again, it was still all rendered, but, but done really well. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, Pete. <laughs> So I, uh, I I don't know what you've been talking about, but I realized you guys I, like I was losing connection when I was sitting here just going Sylvester McCoy. You guys, that's it's his name's Sylvester McCoy. Guys, um, is, like, did you, is did he you talking right now? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> what happened to Pete, guys? Where's, where'd Pete go? Wait, can you guys not hear me? Sucks. Oh, anyway, so so there's no one here. So, <laughs> Hello, hey Pete. <laughs> I to make you think you were dead again. <laughs> really, seriously, like six times in a row. It's it's Sylvester McCoy. His name's Russ. Russ, can you hear me? It's it's Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> we got there. We got there. We didn't need you. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast now. Yeah, a great radio. <laughs> so what did I miss? <laughs> we're just I asked about who your favorite dwarf was. Wait, what? I asked you your favorite dwarf. <laughs> oh, um. Is that an? Uh, did you guys go through your favorite dwarves? No, no we no. have to get yours first. Oh, okay. Uh, uh wait. Why is? Why are they, I, like, not, this actually wasn't a joke, dude. But uh, but okay. the fact that you dropped it as soon as I asked you was it made it one. Uh, that's fantastic. Um. Well, I okay. Well, I, I feel like I can't talk about my favorite dwarf without mentioning my least favorite dwarf. Okay. Oh, because wow. I can't understand. Why they decided to have um, Ori have a slingshot? Yeah, that was kind of weird. That was that was one of the things that just like outwardly pissed me off. I was like, why does he have a slingshot? At what point were they getting ready to almost go to war with a dragon? And he was like, you know what? I'm a pack. I'll take this. <laughs> <laughs> that drove me crazy. But my favorite dwarf was. Um, I'm going to have to say Balin. Oh, twinsies! <laughs> because, well, other than other than Gloin, who really didn't have a part, he was one of the only ones that actually looked like a Lord of the Rings dwarf. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that's true. And he was he was close to his book. In, in, in the book The Hobbit, he's like the, one of the ones that's like really nice to Frodo and tries to help him out, and they become really good friends and all this stuff. 
and he was like, like he played that part really well. I like, granted, I thought like um, James Nesbitt as Boffer, the one with the funny hat, did a great job. But I yeah, did like him a lot. That's my favorite. He wasn't a dwarf. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, no, he definitely wasn't a dwarf. Uh, that was kind of weird. But I, I still enjoyed did, did him. Did you take, take that as more of like a a production decision to like, okay, we got to make sure people want to look at these people for nine hours and can tell them apart? Like Keely? Probably. Yeah, the dreamy one, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I see, what about I'm, you, Alex? What's your favorite dwarf? Or who's your favorite uh, dwarf? Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go with who is the the one that just did random fat jokes with every. Oh, half I hour. like the fat one. <laughs> that was like the most yeah bomber, right? Bomber, yeah. Yeah, that was like kind of the worst part of the humor of the movie when they're just like it's it's been 20 minutes. Let's check in with this joke that didn't work for before. <laughs> but the thing is, that joke worked for a 10 year old. Yeah, I know that's the thing. It was like kind of the Jar Jar moment, but not that bad. But not nearly that. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, throughout the book, they mention how fat he is. Like, whenever something happens, that, like, weight would be an issue. But it's never, like, a huge joke. Yeah. And, uh... But no, I, I thought that, for the most part, there were... There could have... The dwarves could have been terrible. Oh, like, absolutely. Yes. And they were not nearly at all. They, they were not... They were fine. They were totally good. So, uh, I think good on them for, for not, like completely selling that out. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys want Did someone just say my name? Yeah, do you have a favorite dwarf? Uh, yeah, I said Boffer. Oh, I, I didn't know that. No. Okay. I said it while you were talking about Boffer. So, so uh, real quick, real quick about this, um, I just want to talk about the action sequences real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, especially when it comes to fights, which is, which is my, you know, my one of my strange issues... Um, in re- like of how it compares to the other ones, is that the fights were uh, the fights were silly and because it was digital, like really had no actual fight choreography to them, which is so strange because like in, in, in the other films, Gimli and his acts, like he has a style of fighting, he really fights, and in this one, it was as I said before, there was like a slingshot. Every every single fight, a dwarf would like take a staff and hit someone behind their head with it. <laughs> right, yeah. but I mean, Thorin really fights. Yeah, he does, and I mean, and I think, uh, I think that that's kind of just supposed to be them more bumbling than anything else. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's that's the weird thing. That's not that's not really. I don't know. I, I get that that's for the tone, but that's not really their characters. They're not a bunch of bumbling weirdos. But I mean, again, but Aren't I think they? the Aren't fact they? that this is going to be a trilogy now, though, I think it sets them up to be a, probably a bigger tonal shift <laughs> yeah, than like right. yeah. something like the Lord of the Rings. So I think they had to keep this one. Lighter and bumblier to, to just know, kind of draw yes. more people in and stuff. Because the battle, the battle of the five armies, well, she goes incredible. Yeah, hopefully. Yes, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so far, uh, being like the 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 Tolkien of file, uh, the resident one. Yeah. Our uh, our 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 Hobbit editor, uh, yeah. Peter Smith. Hobbit editor, uh, Chief Peter Smith. Uh, you know, does this movie make you hopeful for the next ones? Like, how do you feel? Like, like, are you going in with a good amount of, of zeal? You know, a year from now. Yes, what? Well, because it's 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 you know it's my my biggest issue is is well biggest like interest is the tone. I really do like when they do get into necromancer stuff that it feels like the other films, right? Because that stuff, yeah. that stuff is yeah. like the 
save the world. Save the cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, that stuff like that's that's the super important important Theta Middle Earth mission. Yeah, so it really changes tone. It gets a lot more serious, and I'm really interested to see what they do because, as I said before, the Necromancer is hardly mentioned. Like at the beginning of the book, one thing they changed about the movies is just that Gandalf's like, "Oh yeah, I found um, Thorin. I found your dad, crazy out of his mind in the dungeons of the Necromancer." Yeah. Oh, here's a map he gave me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time someone's come up to me and said that, you know, we'd have a lot of fucking nickels. We could make, we could produce a podcast. Yeah. So, so with that, I like, I like that they're because that was something I haven't really seen. I don't really know a ton about. I think it's going to be really great to see, and I'm excited for it. Um, I'm kind of dreading the next film because I do not like the look of Lee Pace and the rest of the Merkwood M- M- elves. Wait, that scene in the beginning with Lee Pace. So, I almost oh, right. just threw my hands up in the air. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> you just like, I, I, how would you describe his like acting in that? He looks like, like a really popular bitchy schoolgirl that just like wanted to ignore everyone. <laughs> I went with I'd go with like I'd go with bitchy effeminate Jesus. That's kind of like <laughs> big. nice. Uh, that's kind of the vibe I got from him. Yeah, I like to think that Princess Mononoke is his drag name. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> that one was for you, Tiggs. I know it was. I know it was. Um. So, do you guys want to rate it or? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's let's start with uh, Hobbit and Chief Peter Smith. Actually, I really like that title. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The big I. It's tough. To, it's tough to actually give it a number because one of the biggest things I really want to see it again. I want to see it in the non-higher frame rate, which I would suggest that you do not see it in higher frame rate. Yeah. I just don't like I think it's 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 tough to, it's tough to enjoy it's tough to kind of relax. Um but it's it's definitely once again just like the other three were was a huge undertaking for Peter Jackson it was a huge risk to do this many movies and especially shift the tone like this. So you got to give him credit on that one. I am going to give this movie um four chin ball sacks. Nice. <laughs> yes. Because I could not concentrate during that scene. That was, that yeah, that was really weird. Ball section. That that was just it was to the point of being completely distracting. Yeah, yeah it, it, because as well when that scene first started in my head, because this Goblin Town was so much like, as I said, Amidala running through the gears. I was like, oh god, are they about to meet Boss Nass? And this movie's going to get racist. Oh man, if only. <laughs> But um, you know what? There's no reason to not go see it. There's no reason to definitely, especially if you have younger kids and you're worried. Oh, we don't have parents listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> My mom did once. Did she really? Yeah. yeah. So did Russ. Russ's mom commented. Yeah. If you have like a niece or a nephew and you're kind of worried because you've seen the other ones and are a little bit scary, I don't think there's any reason to not take a kid to see this. They'll really enjoy it. They'll yeah. love Bombard. They'll love Radagast the Brown. That is, if they can sit through the the length. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give him, give him like a drugged up banana, like it was a monkey on an airplane. What? Wow. You say that like that's a thing. Yeah, I know. Have have you guys not seen Congo? Well, yeah. I mean, a couple times in the theaters. Case in point. Okay. Too sure. I just played the Sega CD game. 
That's <laughs> I don't think because it was in Congo that makes it a thing. Yeah. Uh, you don't know that thing from that 1994 <laughs> movie no one liked. <laughs> Are you telling me you don't believe in Tim Curry? Oh, I believe in Tim Curry. Because he was in Congo and he's a real thing. Uh, I hate it when you play the Tim Curry card because that wins every <laughs> single time. Guys, well, that's you could also say that against this movie as to what it was missing. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Actually, that's what I thought. You know, I literally thought that throughout this movie. Wait a minute. You know what? You're right, Russ. He would have actually been awesome in this movie. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Who's next? All right. Yeah, Russ, you're next. All right. I'm going to give it uh, three and a half sexy boy Keelys. Because <laughs> he was a sexy I'm sorry. Boy. Can you just say that one more time for me? I'm going to give it three and a half sexy boy Keelys. He's just a sexy boy. <laughs> sexy boy. Uh, I'm going to make that my ringtone. I... I'm giving it three and a half just because um, it is totally enjoyable, but it is just a little too boring in the beginning for my tastes. And these, maybe I think it might be a little bit because I, like being older, I can't, I don't have, I don't have three hours to sit in a theater anymore. (laughs) Like that's a huge undertaking unless I'm like seeing another movie and sneaking into another one, which I've never done. Um, But it's it's totally enjoyable. Um, I think I think I'm gonna like these more as we get more towards the meat and potatoes of the story. Um, I'm excited to see what smog really looks like, like fully realized. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give it three and a half. I I think I might, that might change if I see it again. But it is it's really really good. Um, I wouldn't take a kid to see it because I don't think a kid can sit in front of a, a movie like this for that long, uh, m- drunken, drug, Congo banana or not. <laughs> um, there you go. Oh, yeah, it's good. I'd see it. Uh, but I wouldn't think, I don't say it's for everybody because I know there's tons of people who will see the nerd element of this movie and say, fuck that. And to that I say, don't see it then. <laughs> there you go. Strong words from Russ Stevens. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, um, I'm going to give this for... <laughs> Uh, shoot for uh creepily boy faced Elijah Woods. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, what was up with that? The, the his his face like just de aged looks terrifying. And because he's not that old and he's also like five feet tall. So and he's like got he's, baby teeth. <laughs> so weird. It it really kinda weirded me out. But I um I really liked I like this movie. And uh I think the first yeah, I, I Echo everything else. The first half hour kind of ends up feeling a little throwaway. Um, but you know what? Even if you, but if you had read the book, once they do start, you know, referencing that stuff, you get right back into it. Um, and once you start hearing lines, you know, verbatim, kind of starts feeling good again. Um, also, the high frame rate in the beginning just felt weird. It felt like Ian Holm was in fast motion, and the Benny Hill music should have been playing. Uh, but, I mean, overall, the action gets really good, and there isn't enough practical effects, but that doesn't stop, again, like we mentioned before, just, like, there being awesome set pieces, cool new environments, and, you know, we got, you know, fun new characters, and Martin Freeman's awesome, and I can't wait to hear Benedict Cumberbatch voice a dragon. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so, um, I really liked it, and, and, and I think that's worth, you know, it's again like 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 people saying it's worth taking like a you know niece or nephew or 
you know, going to see with the fam on Christmas <laughs> or something like that. But uh, it's totally worth seeing in the theater. And I'd say high frame rate, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of a curiosity more than anything. And seeing it that way, I know they said it was like the way it was shot and kind of the way it was meant to be seen. I think that, you know, maybe for the first screening, I kind of wish I hadn't. But at the same time, I was kind of, it was kind of fun just to kind of be there with it and be there around everyone else being like, what's happening? It feels like I'm watching the BBC. Uh, but it, overall, it's not that bad in terms of the high frame rate. So, I don't know. Tiggs, what? Take us uh, away, Tiggs. Yeah, I am going to give it four elves riding elk. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a weird porn site. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> Uh, I, I really went into this movie kind of just like, I didn't want to see it. Like, I really thought I was going to hate it. And I really, I couldn't understand why they made it three movies. I couldn't understand the length of it. And I thought I was just going to go in there and then just be able to come in here and you guys are going to give it good reviews. And then I was going to give it like a one and you guys are going to be like, what? But that's not happening because it was really enjoyable. And I found myself just getting immersed into the world again, just like I was with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, I am, I'm excited for the next two films now. Uh, that everything about the film was just, I, 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 they just, they made another one of those films and, and I was, I was kind of fine with it. I was able to, and this is kind of my own, I mean, it's my own fault, I guess, but I'm able to overlook a lot of the faults, uh, of the film just because I enjoy being in this world so much. And, and I think that, that the world is actually, that the world that they've created is still there and still living and breathing and that, uh, it's kind of easy to get into if you're willing to. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's crazy that they even, like, kept the songs and things like that. Yeah, like, exactly. They were able to keep so much of The Hobbit alive that it's pretty awesome that this was was made the way it was. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, I guess we should do some housekeeping. All right, then. Uh, yeah, so you can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviemoviepc. You can email us, tell us your comments, complaints, uh, give us your own reviews of movies or send us a fake movie Friday to movie movie podcast at gmail.com. And then you can see us. Uh, that is Russ, Peter, Alex, and myself. We are the priest and the beekeeper. We perform the third Thursday of every month at Long Island City's The Creek in the Cave at 9.30 p.m. Uh, we are going to be performing this Thursday, the December 20th, which is tomorrow. Uh, hopefully Holy this will shit. Be up tomorrow. Get in line now. Get in line now. <laughs> There's going to be a line. Uh, there always is. Uh, so you just get there. It's gonna. It's a variety show. It's called Pig Pile. We do it with our good friend and stand-up comic Zach Broussard. It's always a lot of fun. We invite some improv troops. We invite some stand-ups, and we just have a good time. How you guys feeling? Great. Yeah. All right. She's just around. <laughs> Is Pete there anymore? Yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> How's Tiki? Oh, this you just recused yourself from the whole last half of the podcast. Tix was talking. I was letting Tix talk. Does Tiki want to say anything? I think. <laughs> hey, Tiki! Thank Woo. you, everybody, and good night. Bye. That's Take us out, Tiki. Well, well, I can say. <laughs>